Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This week is a solo episode, and I felt like we should talk about rebranding. This keeps coming up um, in business. And, you know, sometimes when I plan these podcast episodes, I just look and see what's happening with our clients. And it always gives me ideas of like things to share. Uh, But rebranding is hot right now on our list because of a few things like, A, we just went through a rebranding. If you haven't been following along for a while, Um, in January of this year, 2023, uh, we relaunched the, well, we changed the name of the agency and launched a new brand look, a new website, everything, which was a huge undertaking. And it has, it was something that I had been thinking about for honestly several years. Um, it definitely wasn't just like a fly by the seat type of thing. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but you know, we just went through this rebranding, but we also have a lot of clients, uh, that rebrand all the time, or, you know, maybe you're listening to this episode and you're starting a business and you want to learn about the branding process in general. A lot of what we're going to talk about, honestly, will kind of go towards both topics, uh, whether it's rebranding or branding for the first time, I think a lot of this info would probably be good for you. So uh, we just went through a rebranding. We're currently guiding um, a uh, company through a rebranding. They are a residential remodeling company. But again, what we're doing with them really transcends to any type of business. Um, and also, you know, this week I was literally just having a friend, uh, a conversation with a friend who uh, they're not a client, but they are considering a rebranding. And it is just um, it's a really, really big decision. And there's a lot of opinions in the pot. So all of this like made me feel like rebranding is kind of a hot topic. So that's why I figured we could dive into it today and just, you know, give you some of my two cents based on my experience and um, how we work with clients on rebranding. So first off, let me just say this. Branding is so important. It is so important. And rebranding really shouldn't be done. I mean, even five years is a really short amount of time. I would almost say like 10 years for rebranding. Um, this year was 10 years that I left my corporate job. Uh, and you know, it wasn't 10 years since the launch of our last name, but, um, it was time, you know? So really think about it because what you're doing, it needs to stick for at least a decade. Okay. That's what I tell people at least a decade, because I mean, God, branding anything is really, really challenging, you got to spend a lot of time focusing on it and think about it. When you change your name or your logo, like you're in a sense starting over. There are going to be some people that forget about you or, or get lost or the name change confuses them and they don't know who you are anymore, especially a name change. A name change is a huge undertaking. A new logo is a little less of a big deal, uh, but it's still a big deal. So a name change is a huge thing. So let's talk about names for a second. 
You know, I, I've heard, and I love listening to podcasts. I hear people say like, whatever, a name is, is not that big of a deal. When you're starting a business, just pick a name, go with it. You can always change it later. I literally have heard someone, I've heard people say that exact line. It's just a name. Don't put that much thought into it. Messy action. Hit the ground running. Okay. Um, that makes me a little cuckoo. But also you guys need to know, maybe some of y'all listening know me personally, but if not, I am not really a messy action kind of person. Everything we do in PR and marketing is research-based, um, and that means there's basically no messy action taken. Like, we actually stop and research things before we get started. Uh, now, don't get it twisted. We do... I, I should backtrack. We do a little messy action. Sometimes there are opportunities that pop up and you just kind of got to run with it. But let me just say, naming your business is not one of those times when messy action is the right choice. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> your name can literally make or break you. It is a millisecond of an opportunity to explain to someone who you are, what you do, who you serve, what your mission is. It's like a, literally uh, the most distilled like amount of information about your business. In one second, the name of your business can tell someone what you do. Okay. And if they don't understand what you do, they're not going to buy from you or support you or whatever. I say this because, okay, when I first started to name the agency and I'm like, totally like, you know, preaching to the choir right now. When I first started to name the agency, I was going to put, I was trying to decide to like, what type of agency are we? Are we a marketing agency? Because we do some marketing. Are we a PR agency? Because we absolutely do PR. Are we a social media agency? How do you get all that crap into one word, right? Um, because we do a lot of different things. And also just in general today, the world of marketing, PR, social media, advertising, all this world is so fluid now that it is really hard to say we are just this or we are just that. I think a lot of agencies struggle with this. Um, and maybe if you're, you know, I don't know what industry you're in listening to this, but it might be something like that in your industry as well. Like there's so much that is encompassed in what we do. And if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty of it, like, you know, our name is True Story PR, but we do some things that are marketing, you know. Um, so I got my master's degree in integrated marketing communications. Yeah, mouthful. IMC is what most people call it. So it was actually kind of a new thing when I was in grad school. I went to Florida State. Woohoo, go Knowles. Um, and back then, there were literally only like five to six schools in the entire nation that had an IMC program. Because again, it was kind of like this new thing. This is just when social media was becoming a thing for business. Um, and so it, it's underneath the school of communication rather than getting a master's degree in like a, getting an MBA with an emphasis in marketing that's in the business school. So this is underneath communication. And honestly, what the program was is like exactly what I do now. It's like a conglomeration of bringing together PR research, social media, marketing, um, branding, pulling all of that into one realm of communications. And that's why they call it integrated marketing communication. So I thought about putting that in the name of my business. And that's actually my formal LLC name is like Lee integrated marketing communications. I mean, I don't use that outwardly. Um, 
And I don't. And so people started kind of calling me that when I first left the corporate world and like branched off on my own um, because they saw my W-2 form uh, or sorry, my W-9 form when they would go to pay me. And so they started calling us Lee IMC. And so that kind of stuck for a little while. And I but also people are like, what the heck is IMC? And it confused people. So I finally was like, okay, I got to pick a name for the agency. Like I need to do a DBA and actually like launch a brand rather than having Lee IMC because, you know, again, I'm a firm believer of like when you don't take control of your message, other people create the message for you. And that's exactly what was happening. Um, People started calling me Lee IMC and I didn't really want that. And so I'm like, Oh crap, I got to get a hold of this. Okay. Okay. So I named the business socially PR and digital media socially, um, with a play on like my last name L E E. Okay. So, uh, what I found over time, and this was honestly like the key factor in getting me to rebrand recently was that socially made people think that we are a social media agency. And we'll dive more into this in a few minutes, but it it confused people into thinking we were only a social media agency. So I want you guys, as you're thinking about what the name of your business is, and maybe right now you weren't even thinking about changing the name of your business. Maybe you have like a moment to like think about your name and you're like, what is this saying to people? What is this telling people that I do, you know? Um, because the name is the starting point before you even go down the route of like logos and colors and all that kind of stuff. I really want you to like put some real heartfelt thought into your name and what it says to people. So, okay, we're going to talk through a few steps. Okay. Before you even begin to brand or rebrand what I want you to do, and this is going to be a shocker to everyone who listens to the podcast is you need to do some research. Slow down for two seconds. I know people get excited about this kind of stuff and it's you're starting a new business or you're rebranding finally and like you get all excited and you just start diving in. But let me just trust me, like you're going to help avoid you're going to avoid so many mistakes if you slow down for two seconds and do a little research. So first off, are there any other companies out there that are named what you're about to name your business? Or are there, are they really, really similar, like way too similar? Um, Because that will cause confusion. I know you think to yourself like, oh, well, they're all the way in, you know, California or they're in Maine and I'm in Arizona and, and that doesn't matter. Well, Google is a very small place. Okay. So when people Google stuff, that is going to cause confusion. Um, I remember, um, So when I had, you know, the business was called Socially, I tried to buy the URL Socially, um, which this goes into our next point of looking at URLs. I tried to buy the URL Socially.com, but some company in India had it already, and they were actually an agency too. Um, But I kind of brushed it under the rug, and I was like, whatever, Um, you know, they're in India. Obviously, if somebody Googles this, they're going to know I'm a different agency. Valid point, Whitney. Okay, cool. Again, this is me talking to myself in like 2000, heck, I don't know, 17, 16, 15. I don't know. Talking to my former self, you're right, Whitney, an agency in India really probably isn't that big of a conflict. Move forward. Okay. But I couldn't get the URL. So then I'm like, okay, what's, what's my website address going to be? So then I like try to think of some variation um, 
Uh, but I didn't want to put a dash in the middle of the word because I wanted people to say it all as one. And like, so then I was like, oh, what about B socially? Like B-E socially. So that's what we picked. And um, so I bought the URL, but there was an agency in LA called Be Social. And they are only an influencer agency. I think, I think. Um, I've heard the founder on a podcast and she's amazing. So kudos to be social shout out. Um, but I got an inquiries all the time from people looking for them because my URL was so close to their brand name. So just think about that. Y'all like think about what URLs are available and it needs to be as simple as possible. Actually, I feel like I mentioned this on a different note in a different episode, like a couple months ago, but like also the URL needs to be really clear. Like it does not need to be an abbreviation of your business. So we had one client that wanted to put, um, this was a client in Florida. They wanted to put something fwb.com in their website because they're located in Fort Walton beach. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. Nobody uses FWB other than like some locals. Like what happens when people are looking for you? People are going to type in something, something. The whole thing was an abbreviation. It was like SHSFWB. And I'm like, no, that means nothing. People don't Google SHSFWB. They're going to Google your name, like Southland House Services or whatever the company was. They're going to Google like Southland House Services, Fort Walton, you know, so I'm all about having a locator term in the URL if you are a local business. Now, if you're trying to sell to anyone nationally, no, I would never put like your city in the in the URL. God, we should do a whole episode about strategies on picking URLs. I'm legit writing this down because it's a whole it's it's a lot. But really look at the URLs, make sure it's clear. It should not be abbreviations of your name. Like first and foremost, is the URL like truestory.com available or truestorypr.com available? I couldn't get truestorypr.com. I had to do truestorypr.co, which again, I still fight this battle of every time I tell someone my email address, I have to say it's truestorypr.co, not .com, okay? So just think about that. Think about what is available that could be as close to your name as possible. You know, again, what are people Googling? You need to think about that. Okay. Stay tuned for a whole other episode on picking URL strategy. Um, So also, is the name that you like trademarked? If you find another business with something similar, you need to be careful because you could imagine if you spent all this freaking time branding your company, building a logo, paying designers, building a website, and then the name that you chose is trademarked. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I just saved you thousands of dollars, okay? Um, and also, okay, here's another point too with the naming of your company. Um, what does the abbreviation look like? I used to always drive past this storage building uh, in Florida. <laughs> And I think their company was called something like American Storage Systems. So the abbreviation was ASS, ass. And like on their sign, it looked like ass, like really big. So think about that. What is the abbreviation? Because otherwise, if your abbreviation is ass, obviously you're not going to put that out there. Like 
you know, think about like what some of your profile photos are going to look like. Are you going to fit American storage systems into every single thing? No, at some point you have to have like an abbreviation. And if the abbreviation is inappropriate, um, you might want to think about that. So do your research. Are there other companies out there that are named the same? Is it trademarked? What does your abbreviation look like? What URLs are available? That's so important. Okay, number two, let's talk a little bit more about, this is still going under naming, but like you have to make the name of your company dummy proof. Um, my uh, One of my fave people from Brand Builders Group, uh, she always says, clear, not cute. Or clear, you know, clear, not clever. Like, do stop trying to be clever. Like, just be clear about what you do, and I promise it will take you much, much further. That's AJ Vaden, uh, one of the co-founders of Brand Builders Group. I don't know if AJ or Rory says that, but whoever says it, kudos to them because it is so freaking true. Cle- clear, not clever, okay? Um, for example, if you call yourself a media agency, well, what does that exactly mean? That could mean different things to different people. Okay, that to me, straight up, like a media company could be a radio or TV company. It could be a podcasting company. It could be a videography company, a digital marketing company. What does media mean? Okay, so you got to like get a little more granular if possible, Um you know, because you could be, again, confusing people on what you do. Um, totally, you know, like going back to socially, like I had so many people reach out to me and say, oh, I never reached out to you about this PR, or this branding project, because I thought you guys just did social media, you know, your name socially. And I'm like, mm, that that would dig. And honestly, I feel like we lost a lot of business because people thought we were just a social media business. So really take some time to think on that. Um, Also weird spellings. Okay. Like don't even get me started on this, but it's just going to cause confusion. Um, My, one of my jobs before I started the agency, uh, I was the director of marketing for the Hilton Sandestin. And we had, um, I think I've mentioned this in past episodes, but we had a bomb um, AAA four diamond steakhouse uh, at the hotel and it had its own brand, like, and its own entrance to the, you know, like to when you got to the hotel, the steakhouse had its own entrance and everything. So like this brand was really thriving, even though it was inside of the hotel, like it kind of had its own legs too. Not kind of, it does. It has its own legs. The name of the restaurant is Cigars, but somebody decided to spell that S-E-A-G-A-R apostrophe S. Or no, no apostrophe, but they spelled it S-E-A, but it's pronounced just like cigar, smoking a cigar, right? But they thought it would be cute. I'm not hating on whoever's out there maybe listening to this. Love y'all. Um, they, I guess, thought it would be a cute play on words, like to, you know, it's like by the sea, like right on the beach. So S-E-A, but now people call the restaurant Seagars, Seagars. Uh, they call it everything except for cigars. And all the time I have to tell people like, hey, it, it's just cigars. Like smoking a cigar, just say cigars. Same thing with socially. I put the L-E-E on the N and people, God bless, we're in the South. I'm not hating. I'm a Mississippi girl. People wouldn't say socially. They would say socially, socially. And I'm like, oh my God, just say it. Just say one word, socially, socially. 
you know, just like there'd be a Y on the end, but two E's socially. But you know what? Shame on me. So I'm calling myself out as well. Also, tiny rant. Think about these people with like all these crazy names. I'm not kidding. I saw one this week um, and it was a... um, it it threw me mentally for a loop. I was about to use a different word, but <clears throat> I think my mom listens to the podcast. So I'm not going to say that. Um, her name was Megan. Okay. But follow me here for a second. Someone spelled her, some, her parents thought it was a good idea to spell her name. In, her name was Megan. Okay. Some people pronounce Megan, Megan, whatever, either way. Um, they decided to spell it. M-E-I-G-H-G-Y-N, Megan. And when I saw that at first, like in writing in an email, I was like, Megan, Megan, like, and then I'm like, oh my God, I like sounded it out and I'm like, Megan, I'm like, oh my God, her name is Megan. Oh my God, her parents thought this was a good idea. Oh my God, like what the heck? Why would you do that to your child? (laughs) Why? You know her whole life, people are going to mispronounce that, misspell it. It's going to be confusing as heck. Like shout out to Megan out there because I feel for you, sister. That's just, hmm, no, sorry. (sighs) I digress. Don't even get me started on baby names. I'm from the South and some of these baby names just, I just can't. I I really, really can't with the crap that people make up to name their humans. Okay. Same thing here about naming your business. Don't do that to your business. Shout out Megan. Okay. Um, next point I'm moving on. I get all fiery about that. Um, moving on. This is a really important one. Okay. Stop thinking about what you like when you see a logo. Okay. The name we've kind of moved on from the name, right? You're going to pick something clear, all that good stuff. We talked about that, but this is more about like a logo and your brand look and feel. Stop thinking about what you like. I mean, yes, you as the business owner really should like your brand. You should love it. But ultimately, you know, who needs to love it? The people you want to buy from you. That's who it needs to really speak to. And sometimes maybe you create a business and you are the target audience. So I don't know, maybe you're a mom and you create, um, you know, products to help moms who have multiple kids and, you know, like something like that. So like you are the target audience. Cool. Well, then maybe you are a good focus group. But like, for example... You know, I used to work with this restaurant that was targeting, it was like super fancy, fine dining. And their target audience was like older men. Okay. So Whitney has to get outside of her, however old I was, 30 year old female brain to think about what speaks to a 60 year old man, not what speaks to Whitney. Okay. Because again, you want them to see this, identify with it, and it speaks to them. So, Stop thinking about what you like. I see business owners make this dis- mistake all the time. They pick something that they love, but then it doesn't communicate what they do. It doesn't communicate their level of business. It, it just doesn't speak to their customer. So um, also, uh, next point, this should not be trendy. 
Okay, when you're thinking about designing a logo, stop trying to make something that's super trendy and current right now, because you know what? Time is going to pass and then that that's going to annoy you. I feel the same way with buying clothing. I stopped buying anything with prints on it because I literally would like it for hmm, two to three months. And then that would be cliche like that print would be just overdone. Does anybody, throwback moment here, anybody remember the whole Chevron movement? This was like when I was in college, like early, like this is like 2006, 7, 8 or something. Um, But Chevron was the jam. Chevron, the big zigzag print. And we wore dresses and we had purses and we had everything Chevron. And then like six months later, we were all like hating every single bit of it. And now we giggle when we see Chevron. Okay, so don't do that to your brand. Don't make it trendy, especially the font. It needs to be timeless and simple because you know what? You're going to pick that font and then in a few years, it's going to be the modern day Comic Sans and you're going to be rebranding all over again because you hate the font and it's cliche. So don't think trendy, think timeless, okay? This next point um, is one that I literally see this happen with every single business we help guide through a logo or a rebranding process. In the rebranding process, you need to keep the decision-making circle really small. Okay, we were doing a logo one time years ago for like a land development project, and they thought it was a good idea to let all, I think there were like 14 men on the board, all 14 men on the board to look at all these logos. Well, on the board, it was a, I mean, these men were very top notch, like executives. Gosh, you had an architect, uh, you had an architect, you had a finance guy, you had a legal guy. I mean, these men are very high level professionals. I'm not hating or shading on any of them. They are incredibly knowledgeable in their areas. Okay. So all they did was just look at the logos and be like, I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And they could never verbalize why they don't like them, but it was just because it was a personal preference. So just remember, like, if you start opening that door and asking the opinion of all these people, all 14 board members, you're never going to pick a logo. And then once you give people the right to put their input in, when you don't pick the one that they like, they throw a little hissy fit or they're like, oh, cool. Okay. My opinion doesn't matter anymore. Thanks. Thanks. You picked the one I didn't like. You know, like, no, their opinion doesn't matter. They need to stick to what they know. The architect needs to deal with architecture. You know, the legal guy, he needs to focus on contracts and legalities. The finance guy, go crunch some numbers, bro. Okay. Let people who know what they're doing actually handle the brand. Again, I respect those men a lot for all of the sectors that they work in, but they don't work in this sector And all that their opinions do are confuse the main guy, the CEO, the marketing director. Their opinions just start pulling. I mean, I think about being pulled in 14 different directions by different people, you know. So really think about that. Like, don't let other people's opinions into the circle. You've really got to trust your own gut. And, you know, here's the best word of advice I can just say is like, A, you need to have a real designer. Don't, I mean, you can go on like 99designs.com or something like that. If you really want something quick and dirty and low budget, go for it. But if you really want to put some thought into a brand, 
Like you need to get a real designer that has actually guided people through the design process. Like 99 designs or all those websites that are like super cheap logos for like 200 bucks. Sometimes you will get like some graphically, like they're not bad pieces, but again, you have to remember those people on the other side of the computer. They don't know your brand. They don't know your demographic. They don't know your, the market that you're in. They don't know your industry. They're literally just reading your survey and making you something on Photoshop or InDesign and poof, send it over, you know? So like there's a science to building this stuff and helping cultivate people's minds. So just, you really, you know, need to work with a real designer that actually ha- like specializes in this, not just like any gr- anybody who knows how to use Photoshop or Canva, okay? Um, also get somebody, maybe you have a marketing director or somebody in an agency that can help guide you and really ask you like these thought provoking questions, because I get it. Like, Just like the attorney, the architect, the finance guy, you don't know what you don't know, right? And sometimes I present my clients these thoughts and these questions, and I just see a light bulb go off in their eyes, and they're like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And that's okay. That's not your job to think of it that way. That is exactly what people pay us for, is that I help keep them from making... um, I don't want to say poor decisions. I help them in their decision making because I've done this so much. I know exactly what to look for and I know potential hiccups. So they'll pick a design and I'm like, okay, we need to really think about that design because this might be like this, that might be like that. And it really helps, you know, helps you uh, guide you in the right decision before you end up with a logo, you slap it everywhere. And then you're like, Oh man, I really should have thought about this first. Get somebody to guide you through the process, a marketing director or somebody or a, and a professional designer. Okay. Um, and also this kind of goes back to guidance as well. Like, you know, some of the things I think about with my clients or I present to them as like, They see something on a screen and they're like, oh, that's so pretty. Let's do that. But they don't realize like, you know, especially working with like a 99designs.com or something like there are drop shadows and other elements in the design that like when you take that logo, yeah, it looks cool on the screen right now. But what happens when you take that logo and you put it on a t-shirt or you put it on a hat, you put it on the side of a building, that drop shadow is not going to be there. And then it changes the whole dynamic and the look of the logo, right? So you got to have somebody who like, think about what this is going to look like in multiple media, you know, think about it as almost like, you know, uh, like a stamp, You know, when you stamp something, there's no shadows and all that. It's literally just an outline of whatever you're doing. Like, think about it like a stamp. So those are some of the things that we present to our uh, clients and some of the thought provoking ideas. Like we look at what it's going to look like on multiple different media before we just pick something that looks pretty on a screen, you know. Um, And I'll say this. So last but not least, expect this to take time. Okay. This is not going to be something you do over the course of a week, two weeks, three weeks. It might, and not even four weeks, you know, like this might be something that you really have to like spend months on and that's okay. Some people think they're moving too slowly if they're, you know, doing, if their um, rebranding process is taking over a month 
But no, not at all. I know people who have spent six months on a rebrand, eight months on a rebrand, like slow down and take your time and really think through some of these things. And also I tell people like, you know, when you see logos, like, yes, go with your first impression, you know, go with your first impression, but then sleep on it. You know, again, don't ask 37 people's opinion. Go with your first, be like, oh, my first reaction was number one. And actually this happened to me when I rebranded True Story. I saw this logo and I was like, oh man, I just, that font just like speaks to me. I don't know why that's that font. I just feel like that kind of communicates in a timeless way what we do. And I just really sat on it. Um, And then I asked my team. And I respect all the people on my team. And I think that they, I mean, obviously we all work in this industry, right? And they had a lot of, uh, I, I didn't tell them, you know, like with each logo, I narrowed it down to two. And I was like, I like this one in my head. I'm like, I like this one because of this. And I like that one because of that. I liked both of them. Um, and I presented them to my team and they, we had mixed opinions, obviously, always. Again, that can almost confuse you more but I was heavily leaning towards one and some of the people on my team picked the other one. And I was like, I do like that other one too. But I told them my concern is this. And they were all like, Oh, you know what? I, I see where you're coming from. And it was interesting what they had to say about the other logo as well. But again, you got to remember that starts like playing into your mindset of like, how other people are perceiving it. Stop worrying about how other people are perceiving it and think about your avatar. Your avatar means like your prime ideal customer, right? It's a term we use in marketing. So think about your avatar. And one of our logos was much more young and feminine. And of course, I was kind of drawn to it because I'm young and I'm female, okay? And a lot of the people on our team are young and female as well. So it's not surprising that those, you know, that those people that they were drawn to that, you know? So I really had to get outside of my head and say like, no, no, no. Our avatar is not a young female. Our avatar is a CEO, is a business owner. Like I don't want our brand to come off as young and feminine because the work we do is not young and feminine. We work with brands all over. We work with male-based brands. We work with huge corporate companies like big national brands like Marriott and things like that. Like we aren't a, a a female marketing agency for female-based companies. If we were, maybe that other logo would have been a really great choice, but I had to get outside of that and go back to what is, what is the, uh, the avatar going to speak to? So, um, Again, go with your first gut. My first gut told me to pick the logo that we picked. So if you want to see it, go to truestorypr.co or anywhere on our social. But my my gut told me to go with that. And ultimately, I came back to that. But I did sleep on it. So sleep on it, okay? Work with the design and the font first and then go into the world of colors, okay? Because colors also kind of change things too. So really step one is like looking at a font and a design of a logo. Just take it in black and white first and then go down the path of adding color and and all that kind of stuff next. So, and and the final thing I'll leave you guys with this, um, and this kind of goes back to timing, is plan it out to roll out at a time that makes sense. 
would I launch a rebrand around Christmas? No, probably not. And, and this is different for every single business and industry. But in general, I think I can make that blanketed statement. Y'all know I hate blanket advice in the marketing world. But I think I can feel pretty freaking confident about giving you this blanketed piece of advice. I probably would never launch a rebrand around Christmas or the holidays. It's just not a good idea. And maybe someone out there has an example or a thought and you're like, it was actually a good idea to do it during that time. Cool. I mean, more power to you. But I'm speaking broadly, like it's probably never a good idea to rebrand around Christmas. Think about lining it up and give yourself plenty of time of like, oh, maybe we, you know, next year we're going to start offering this service and that's a good time to rebrand. Or maybe next year is our 20th anniversary. Cool. Why don't we launch something new for our 20th anniversary? Things like that make sense. Don't just fly off the handle and launch this on a random Tuesday. You know, we relaunched ours at the beginning of the year um, just because I thought it was good to start fresh at the beginning of the year uh, with a new name and a new look. And we also get a lot of inquiries from new businesses at the beginning of the year. So I hope this has been helpful for you guys. Like I know I throw a lot at you sometimes, but just a a quick recap, do your research, make your name dummy proof, you know, clear, not clever. Uh, Same for your logo. It needs to be timeless. Stop thinking about what you like. Don't be trendy Keep your circle small because don't be asking 14 board members of their opinion. Terrible idea. I'm going to go. That's also blanketed advice that I stand behind. That's a terrible idea. Think about the other mediums that the logos are media that your logo is going to be used in. Don't just pick something pretty on the screen and expect this to take time. Plan it out so it rolls out at a time that makes sense and you're not rushed. This is like getting a tattoo. This is like having a baby and giving them a name. This is not something, (laughs) I mean, with a tattoo, you're done. That's it for life, you know? So think about it like a tattoo, because hopefully this will be something that you love and it's a great decision for your business forever. So I thank you so much for listening in today. I'd love to hear your two cents. And even if you disagree with me on something, I'm all ears. I've had a few people reach out to me and say like, hey, I know you said this, but for my industry, I've kind of seen the opposite. And I'm like, heck yeah, I actually love that. I love hearing because there's always special scenarios that don't apply to certain people or that their industry doesn't work that way. And I'm, I love hearing that kind of stuff. And it always goes back to what I preach about, like marketing can, cannot be distilled into packages, pick your package, nothing, not a single plan works for every single business. There's no plan that works for every business out there in that industry. It all has to be customized for your business. So Thanks for tuning in. Would love to hear back from you guys. Hit me up on Instagram, the Whitney Lee. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's Whitney Lee. You can also find True Story on all the social media platforms. Check us out at truestorypr.co. If you have an idea for an episode, bring it on. I would love to hear it. I'm also taking applications for guests right now. I've got our, our guests for the summer pretty much lined up. Uh, But if you have somebody that's got a really interesting brand story to tell or somebody that's an expert at one aspect of the industry, I just interviewed somebody that is an AI last week. So that episode's going to be dropping this summer. 
He is an expert in AI, and I learned so much just from talking to him. So I know you guys will too. Uh, if you got somebody that like that, that's an expert at some aspect of the industry, bring it on. Would love to uh, look at bringing them on to the podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag true story PR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another true story.